0: I patrolled the metallic corridors of our outpost, a speck in the vastness of this galaxy. My boots echoed on the cold steel floor, the only sound in the otherwise sterile environment. The day had begun like any other. Routine checks, mechanical tasks, a mundane cycle in the vast emptiness of space. Suddenly a piercing scream shattered the monotonous hum of the outpost. My heart raced such sounds were foreign in our disciplined existence. I gripped my pulse rifle tighter, its familiar weight a small comfort, and sprinted towards the source of the disturbance. Bursting into the mess hall, I was met with a scene of utter chaos. The room, usually filled with the banter and clatter of mealtime, was plunged into a frenzy. Crew members scrambled away from the centre, their faces full of horror and disbelief. There, in the midst of overturned tables and spilled rations was something. It violated natural order, a grotesque amalgamation of limbs and faces, writhing and twisting as if in constant agony. It was as though multiple beings had been melted and merged into one monstrous entity, a nightmare born from a twisted science fiction tale. But the most chilling realization was its familiarity, the distorted features, a horrific mosaic of our own crew. It used to be one of us. The infection we'd heard rumours about, dismissed as distant news, had breached our walls. "'Contain it!' I shouted, my voice barely cutting through the pandemonium. My training kicked in, aiming the pulse rifle at the abomination. But deep down, I knew it was already too late. Panic had set in. The primal fear of an unknown, relentless enemy. The creature, or what was left of the person it once was, let out a guttural sound, a symphony of multiple voices in one throat, resonating through the hall. It lurched forward, its movements erratic and unpredictable. As I steadied my aim, my mind raced. How did the infection get here? Were we all at risk? These thoughts were quickly suppressed by my training, focusing only on the immediate threat. But as the creature advanced, a part of me knew... The infection had arrived, and with it, the beginning of our end. We managed to corner the creature against a bulkhead. Its movements were jerky, unnatural, as if multiple minds fought for control. Every crew member's eyes were fixed on the horror before us, weapons drawn but hands trembling. "'Seal the doors!' I commanded. The crew hesitated but complied. The heavy metallic doors slid shut with a resounding clang "'trapping us inside with the monstrosity. "'I could see Dr. Astrid, our xenobiologist, "'her face pale but her eyes sharp "'with a scientific curiosity that seemed almost out of place. "'It's merged, physically and cognitively,' she muttered, "'more to herself than anyone else. "'Focus!' I snapped. "'We need a plan!' "'My mind raced. "'If we killed it, would we be killing our own crew member too? "'Was there a way to reverse this?' The creature lunged suddenly, a blur of twisted limbs. We opened fire, the pulse rounds hit it, slowing it down but not stopping it. It was resilient, more than anything we had faced before. Non-lethal force, I yelled. We need it for study. It was a risky call, but if this thing spread, we needed every piece of information. We switched to stun rounds, aiming to incapacitate. The stench of burning flesh filled the air as the creature writhed under the onslaught. Finally, it collapsed, its many eyes closing in unison. A haunting silence fell over the mess hall. We need to quarantine it, I said, turning to the crew. And we need to figure out how this happened. Dr. Astrid stepped forward, her voice steady. I'll need samples, blood, tissue, anything to understand the nature of this infection. We should check the entire outpost. Another crew member, Lieutenant Hahn, suggested. Make sure it hasn't spread. I nodded. Do it. Teams of two, full gear. Report any anomalies immediately. The corridors of the outpost felt different now, shadowed and ominous. I moved with Lieutenant Hahn, our steps synchronized, rifles at the ready. The silence was oppressive, broken only by the occasional crackle of our comms. We should check the engineering bay. Han suggested, his voice low, "If this thing spread, it'll go for the most populated areas." I nodded in agreement, feeling the weight of responsibility heavy on my shoulders. The narrow hallway leading to the engineering bay was dark; the usual bright lights blinking sporadically. As we approached the bay, a muffled sound halted us. It was a mix of a groan and a mechanical whir, unsettlingly inhuman. We exchanged a glance understanding the weight of the situation. I signalled Hahn to flank the entrance as I took point. Stepping into the bay, the scene was surreal. Tools and components were scattered, as if abandoned in a hurry. And then I saw it. Another of those twisted beings hunched over a console. This one seemed different, less aggressive, almost struggling with itself. Without warning, it turned, revealing an image or images that were a grotesque fusion of human and alien features. Its eyes, or what seemed like eyes, met mine. There was recognition. A hint of humanity in that chaotic visage. Wait, I whispered, holding Hahn back. But it was too late. The creature lunged towards us, a guttural scream echoing through the bay. Instinct took over. I fired, stun rounds aimed to incapacitate. The creature staggered but kept advancing. Hahn joined in, his shots precise. The creature collapsed, its multiple limbs twitching. Breathing heavily, we approached cautiously. It was still alive, but barely. I could see now the badges on its uniform. It was once part of our crew, now unrecognizable. We need to get it to Dr. Astrid, I said, my voice steady despite the turmoil inside. She might be able to make some sense of this. As we prepared to transport the creature, a chilling realization dawned on me. This infection wasn't just transforming bodies, it was warping minds, merging consciousnesses. What kind of existence would that be, trapped in a body no longer your own, a mind shared with others? The horror of our situation was becoming increasingly clear. We were fighting an enemy that was once us, an enemy that knew our outpost as well as we did. And with each encounter, the fear of becoming one of them grew. We need to move fast, I said to Hahn, before this gets any worse. In the medical lab, Dr. Astrid worked over the captured creature. The rest of us gathered around the central table in the briefing room. The infection is rewriting their genetic code, fusing different DNA strands into one. It's a forced evolution. Dr. Astrid said, her eyes weary. A murmur of disbelief rippled through the room. Evolution, a word that under normal circumstances would spark curiosity, now only brought dread. Our priority is containment, I stated firmly, bringing the room to order. We can't let this spread beyond the outpost. Quarantine procedures are already in place, but we need a more aggressive strategy. Lieutenant Hahn stood up. "'We should consider evacuating the non-infected to a secure location. "'If this thing spreads further,' his voice trailed off. "'We all knew what an outbreak could mean on a larger scale. "'Dr. Astrid interjected, "'We need more data. "'Understanding this infection could be key to stopping it. "'I suggest we capture more of these creatures for study. "'The idea of capturing these monstrosities, "'the thought of facing them again, sent a shiver down my spine.' but she was right. We were in the dark, grasping at shadows. All right, I conceded. We'll form teams, one for containment and evacuation, the other for capture and data collection. The room was filled with a nervous energy. Crew members volunteered, forming into their respective teams. Plans were drawn, routes mapped out, contingencies discussed. As the meeting dispersed, I caught Dr. Astrid's eye. There was a fire there, a burning need to understand, to fight back against this horror. It was a look I recognised, one that mirrored my own. My team, tasked with capture and data collection, moved in a tense formation, our senses heightened to every sound and shadow. As we neared the research sector, a critical area for our mission, a sudden explosion rocked the corridor, throwing us off our feet. Dust and debris filled the air and the shriek of alarms pierced the chaos. My ears rang, my vision blurred, but my training kept me focused. Report! I yelled, regaining my footing. The team did a quick check. Miraculously, we were all unharmed. The source of the explosion was clear as we approached. The research lab, or what was left of it, was engulfed in flames, its entrance completely blocked by rubble. Sabotage! muttered Corporal Diaz, one of my most experienced team members. Someone doesn't want us getting to the bottom of this. But who? And why? The questions swirled in my mind as we assessed the situation. The sabotage was a severe blow. The research lab held valuable data that could have been key to understanding the infection. We need to find an alternate route, I decided. And keep your eyes open for any... other surprises. As we navigated through the less-used service corridors, a disturbing thought nagged at me. The sabotage implied a level of planning and intent that was deeply unsettling. Was there a traitor among us? Or was the infection capable of more cognitive functions than we'd imagined? Our comms crackled to life, a message from the containment team. We've got a problem. Several crew members are missing, and there are signs of a struggle in the living quarters. The situation was deteriorating faster than we could keep up. Missing crew could mean more infected, and with the research lab gone, our hopes of finding a quick solution were dwindling. Understood, I replied. Stay sharp and proceed with caution. We're encountering complications on our end too. The corridor led us to an auxiliary lab, a smaller facility but hopefully with some of the resources we needed. With a hand signal, we entered the lab, weapons ready, bracing ourselves for what we might find. The auxiliary lab was uncomfortably silent as we entered. We moved in a tight formation, our lights piercing the darkness. The air was stale, the usual hum of active machinery conspicuously absent. We swept the lab systematically. Every shadow seemed to move, every sound a potential threat. Clear, Diaz signalled, after we secured the main area but the relief was short-lived. On a central table lay scattered documents and among them, a chilling discovery. Detailed research on the infection, far beyond what we thought was known. Someone had been studying this deliberately. Look at this, Dr. Astrid, who had insisted on joining us, said with horror and fascination. These notes suggest the infection can be controlled, directed even. Someone's been experimenting. The sabotage, the missing crew, the unexplained spread of the infection. It was all starting to form a sinister pattern. We need to get this information to command, I said, if someone's controlling this thing. My words trailed off as the lab's emergency lights dimmed, plunging us into darkness. Then the unmistakable sound of shuffling footsteps bounced around us. In the dim glow of our helmet lights, figures emerged from the shadows. Not the grotesque creatures we'd encountered before, but our own crew members. Their eyes were vacant, movements sluggish, but unmistakably directed. It was an ambush. Defensive positions! I shouted. We backed into a corner forming a tight circle. The infected advanced, clearly no longer in control of their own actions. The firefight was desperate and chaotic. We aimed to incapacitate, but the infected kept coming, seemingly oblivious to pain or injury. Amidst the gunfire, a harrowing realisation dawned on me. These were our friends, our colleagues. The infection was turning us against each other in the most literal sense. Finally, the last of the infected fell, leaving us panting and shaken. The cost of our survival was becoming increasingly steep. The faces of the fallen, twisted in a grotesque parody of life, would haunt me. We can't let this infection spread, I said. We have to stop it here, no matter the cost. The corridors seemed narrower, more oppressive, as we made our way back to the command center. Every shadow seemed a potential threat. Every noise a possible warning. Diaz, lead the way. Keep communications open, I instructed, my voice steady despite the turmoil within. The team moved with a sense of urgency, checking each corner, every possible hiding place. As we approached the command center, a sudden burst of static erupted from our comms. Command, this is Bravo Team, do you copy? I tried, but the only response was an indecipherable garble of noises. Something's jamming the signals, Dr. Astrid observed, her brow furrowed in concern. We quickened our pace, but as we turned a corner, we were met with a scene of horror. The command center, our last stronghold, was overrun. Infected crew members wandered aimlessly, their movements erratic and disjointed. We can't go through there, Diaz whispered, horror etching his features. We need to find another way, a safe place to regroup, I decided, my mind racing for alternatives. The secondary control room. It's less known, should be safer. We backtracked, taking a less direct route, the tension mounting with each step. The station creaked and groaned around us a symphony of despair in the dim emergency lighting. As we navigated through the dark, cramped service tunnels, the reality of our situation sunk in. We were no longer just fighting for control of the outpost. We were fighting for survival, against an enemy that knew us as well as we knew ourselves. The secondary control room was a relief. We sealed the door behind us and took a moment to catch our breath. We need to broadcast a distress signal, Get word out about what's happening here, I said, my mind on the larger implications. And we need to figure out who's behind this. Someone orchestrated this nightmare. Dr. Astrid set to work on the communications console, while the rest of us scanned the security feeds, assessing the situation. The infection had spread further than we feared. Almost three quarters of the outpost was compromised. The jamming's coming from within the station, Dr. Astrid announced, her voice laced with frustration. I can try to bypass it, but it'll take time." Time was a luxury we didn't have. With each passing moment, the infection spread, and our chances of stopping it diminished. "'We hold here,' I declared. "'Keep working on that signal. The rest of you, secure this room. We can't let them breach.' We fortified the secondary control room as best we could, turning it into our stronghold. Dr. Astrid worked at the console her fingers moving across the controls. I kept a vigilant watch on the security feeds, the images of our once peaceful outpost now a tableau of horror. The infected moved with a haunting synchronicity, as if driven by a singular, malevolent will. Suddenly the feed from the eastern wing blinked, drawing my attention. A lone figure moved through the chaos, unaffected by the infected. Not one of ours, their suit was different, clearly alien in design. Contact in the east wing, I announced, narrowing my eyes at the screen. One individual, non-human but not infected. The room tensed. An alien presence raised a myriad of questions, friend or foe, a new variable in an already complex equation. We need to make contact, Dr. Astrid said, her voice firm. They might have answers, maybe even a solution. It was a risk, but our options were dwindling. I selected two of my best, Diaz and Jensen, and prepared to head out. We'll establish contact, I said, checking my weapon. Hold the fort! We moved quickly, using the service tunnels to avoid detection. As we neared the eastern wing, the sound of methodical steps echoed in the corridor ahead. We raised our weapons, ready for anything. The alien turned the corner and we came face to face. It was taller than us its suit a mesh of organic and synthetic materials. But it was the eyes that caught me. Intelligent, aware, and unmistakably non-hostile. We mean no harm, I said, lowering my rifle slightly. The alien tilted its head then to our surprise, spoke in clear, albeit accented English. Nor do I. I am Draylin, of the Atrian Star Collective. I came in response to the outbreak. A flood of questions followed. Draylin explained that the Atrians had encountered the infection before, that it was a bioweapon gone rogue, spreading across star systems. They had been tracking it, trying to prevent its spread. Why help us? Jensen asked, suspicion lacing his voice. Our fates are intertwined, Draylin replied. This infection respects no borders, no species. It consumes and assimilates indiscriminately. We fight it for our collective survival. Back in the control room, Draylin's insights were invaluable. Dr. Astrid listened intently as Draylin described the infection's origin and behavior. The infection can be stopped, Draylin said. But the source, the original host, must be found and neutralized. A new mission was forming, one with higher stakes than we'd imagined. With Draylin's help, we had a fighting chance. We'll need to work together, I said, extending a hand to Draylin. For the sake of all our peoples. Draylin accepted the handshake, a gesture of interstellar solidarity. We must locate the original host, Draylin explained, their voice resonant and calm. It acts as a hive mind center. Neutralize it and the infection loses coherence. Dr. Astrid, deeply engrossed in the discussion, added, We've been monitoring energy fluctuations across the outpost. One area shows abnormal readings, likely the host's location. The screen displayed a map of the outpost, highlighting the area in question. Deep within the quarantine zone. The heart of darkness. We strike there, I said, my voice resolute. But we go in with eyes wide open. This won't be like any fight we've faced. Preparations began immediately. Draylin provided us with Atrian weaponry, more advanced than our standard issue. The weapons felt foreign yet intuitive. A fusion of ergonomics and lethality. As we geared up, the reality of our mission weighed heavily on us. The outpost had become a battleground for survival, and we were about to dive into its deadliest part. We move out in 15, I announced. Check your gear and be ready for anything. The team moved with a focused mission. We traversed the corridors, a silent, determined force, each step taking us closer to the unknown we approached the quarantine zone. Without warning, the unthinkable happened. A sharp pain exploded in my chest, a searing heat that brought me to my knees. Confusion and disbelief swept over me as I looked down to see a shard of metal protruding from my armour. Sniper! Diaz yelled, dragging me to cover. My vision blurred, the pain overwhelming. I could hear the firefight, the whir of Atrian weapons, the shouts of my team as darkness edged my vision, a single thought dominated my mind. Betrayal. In our midst lurked a traitor, one who had turned against us in our most critical hour. Consciousness returned to me like a reluctant tide, my senses swimming in a fog of pain and disorientation. I found myself in a medical bay, Dr. Astrid and Draylin hovering over me, their faces engraved with concern. You're lucky, The shard missed your vitals, but you've lost a lot of blood, Dr. Astrid said, her voice steady but her eyes betraying her worry. I tried to sit up, but the room spun violently, forcing me back down. The team. The mission. I managed to gasp out. It's still on, Diaz interjected, stepping into view. But we've got bigger problems. The sniper was one of ours. Lieutenant Jensen. Jensen. The revelation hit me. He'd been with us since the start, a trusted member. Why? We found this in his quarters, Diaz continued, holding up a datapad. Communications with an unknown source. He was feeding them information about the infection, our plans, everything. Betrayal within our ranks was a scenario I had never anticipated. Who was this unknown source? And what was their endgame? We can't let this stop us. Draylin said, their voice resolute. The host must be neutralized, for the sake of all. Willpower overrode my pain and weakness. I pushed myself up, ignoring the protests of my body. Help me to the command center. I need to see this through. Supported by my team, I made it to the command center, where the rest of the crew were readying for the assault on the quarantine zone. The mood was somber yet determined, the sting of betrayal fueling a silent rage. We go in hard and fast, I announced, my voice stronger than I felt. Take down the host, and this nightmare ends. Watch each other's backs. Trust is a luxury we can no longer afford. The team nodded, their faces set in grim resolve. We were a unit broken but not defeated, a wounded animal cornered and dangerous. As the team moved out, I stayed behind, my body too weak for the front lines. Guilt gnawed at me but I knew my role now was to coordinate, to be the guiding hand in this desperate gambit. On the screens, I watched as my team, alongside Draylin, breached the quarantine zone. The feed was a chaotic blend of gunfire and shouting, the images wavering as they moved deeper into the heart of darkness. Then, amid the chaos, a figure appeared on the screen, a being of monstrous proportions, its presence radiating malevolence. The host. The team engaged. Their training and resolve against an abomination of nature. The gunfire, the explosions, the cries. It was a symphony of war, played out in the claustrophobic corridors of the outpost. I gripped the console, my knuckles white, every fibre of my being with them in that fight. From my position in the command centre, I watched the teams advance into the heart of the infection. The feed from their helmet cams provided a disjointed yet harrowing view of the battle. They moved with precision, a dance of death in the narrow, shadowed corridors of the outpost. The host was a grotesque giant, its flesh a patchwork of different species, pulsating and writhing as if it were a living nightmare. Its presence seemed to warp the air around it, a visual distortion that made targeting difficult. Draylin led the charge— their alien weapon emitting bursts of energy that seemed to distort space itself. The team followed suit, laying down a barrage of fire, but the host was resilient. It absorbed shots, regenerating almost as quickly as it was damaged. We need to target the central mass. It's the key. Draylin's voice crackled over the comms. Diaz and the rest of the team adjusted their fire, concentrating their efforts on the monstrous torso of the being, The host let out a deafening roar, a sound that was heard and felt, vibrating through the structure of the outpost. Suddenly the host lashed out, a tentacle-like appendage sweeping through the air, knocking two of our team members against the wall with bone-crushing force. My heart raced, fear and helplessness gripping me. Stay focused, I urged through the comms. You can do this! Amidst the chaos, a new element came into play. The research notes we had recovered earlier hinted at a possible weakness, a thermal reaction that could destabilize the host's regenerative abilities. Use thermal rounds. I relayed the information to the team. With swift adaptability, they switched ammunition. The thermal rounds erupted on impact, searing through the host's flesh. The creature writhed in agony, its regeneration visibly slowing. The tide was turning, but at a grievous cost. The team fought on despite their injuries and exhaustion. Each round fired, each manoeuvre executed, brought us closer to ending this nightmare. Then, with a final concerted effort, a thermal round hit what must have been a vital organ. The host shuddered violently, its form destabilising, before collapsing in a heap of twisted, smouldering flesh. A cheer went up from the team, a sound of triumph and relief, but it was short-lived. Even as we celebrated, the reality of our situation set in. The outpost was a ruin, many lives lost, including those of our own team. The victory, though crucial, was a sombre one. We had neutralised the host, but at a great cost. The team, weary and battered, gathered in what remained of the command centre, their faces reflecting the toll of the conflict. I watched them, pride and sorrow filling me. We had faced the abyss and emerged victorious, but the scars were deep, both physical and psychological. Dralin stood apart, their alien features inscrutable, yet their posture suggested a contemplative state. The immediate threat is neutralized, they said, breaking the silence. But we must investigate the Hive. Understanding its structure and function is imperative. The team exchanged weary glances. The thought of going back into the heart of darkness was daunting. Yet there was an unspoken agreement. The fight was not over. We go in two hours, I announced, my voice firm despite the fatigue that gripped me. Rest, resupply, and be ready. We need to understand this enemy if we are to prevent its return. As the team dispersed to prepare, Dr. Astrid approached me. There's something you need to see, she said, her voice tense. She led me to a lab where several of the fallen host's tissue samples were being analysed. The infection, it's evolving, adapting, she explained, showing me the data. Even with the host gone, it's as if it's learning, finding new ways to survive. The infection was an entity in its own right, fighting for survival as much as we were. We need to gather as much data as possible from the hive, I said. A new sense of urgency in my voice. If this thing is evolving, we need to stay one step ahead. The descent into the Hive was a journey into a world of nightmares. The walls were organic, throbbing with a sickly life of their own. The air was filled with a miasma that made every breath a struggle. Dralin led the way, their alien technology interfacing with the Hive in ways we couldn't comprehend. We moved through the twisted corridors, every step taking us deeper into the unknown. It was Dr. Astrid who made the first significant discovery. A chamber filled with what appeared to be incubation pods. This is where it started, she whispered with horror in her voice. These pods, they're designed to infect and transform. This was not a random outbreak. It was a deliberate act, A weaponized biological agent capable of transforming entire populations. As we documented and collected samples, a sense of anxiety grew. The hive was quiet, too quiet. It felt like the calm before a storm, a lurking threat that was still beyond our understanding. And then, as we prepared to leave, the unthinkable happened. A tremor shook the hive, and a low, ominous rumble filled the air. The walls began to shift, the organic material reacting as if disturbed. We need to get out, now! I shouted, the danger imminent. We raced through the collapsing corridors, the hive seemingly coming alive around us. It was as if the infection itself was reacting to our presence, persistent not to let us escape with our newfound knowledge. With luck and sheer determination, we made it back to the outpost, the hive collapsing behind us in a mass of organic debris. The infection was evolving, and somewhere, in the vastness of space, someone or something was orchestrating this horror. Back at the outpost, the data retrieved from the hive was being analysed relentlessly. Dr. Astrid, along with a team of scientists and Dralin, worked decrypting the genetic puzzle of the infection. I watched from the sidelines, my injury limiting my physical involvement, but not my willpower to see this through. The screens around us displayed a complex web of genetic sequencing, biochemical reactions, and disturbingly, signs of rapid adaptation by the infection. The infection! It's evolving at an exponential rate, Dr. Astrid explained, her voice laced with scientific fascination and concern. Each iteration is more resilient than the last. It's as if it's learning from our attempts to combat it. Draylin added, this is consistent with our experiences. The infection is designed to survive, to overcome any obstacle. It's a perfect biological weapon. We weren't just fighting a disease. We were up against a rapidly evolving entity, possibly engineered to be the ultimate weapon. The core, I said, a thought forming in my mind. You said the hive had a core. Could that be the key? If we understand the core, could we find a way to stop the infection? Dr. Astrid and Draylin exchanged a glance. It's possible, Draylin replied. The core seemed to regulate the hive's functions. It might be central to the infection's ability to adapt and evolve. We need to go back, I declared. The decision clear in my mind. We need samples from the core. Anything that can give us an insight into how this thing functions. The team was rallied again. The mission was clear infiltrate the remains of the hive, reach the core, and gather crucial data. As we prepared, a new factor came into play. Communications from other outposts had started coming in, reports of similar infections spreading. It was clear that this was no longer an isolated incident. It was a galactic crisis. We're not alone in this, Diaz noted, scanning the reports. Other species, other worlds are fighting the same fight. We need to share our findings, collaborate. The scope of our mission had expanded beyond the confines of our outpost. We were now part of a larger battle, a fight for the survival of countless species across the galaxy. We set out for the Hive once more. The corridors were quiet. The remnants of the Hive a twisted web of organic matter. We made our way to the core a mass of tissue that seemed to throb with a malevolent life force. Samples were collected with utmost care, each one potentially holding the key to understanding and ultimately defeating the infection. The core was a complex organ that seemed to function as a brain, heart and nervous system all in one. As we extracted the samples, a sudden shift occurred. The core pulsed violently emitting a sound that was felt more than heard. A sense of imminent danger washed over us. We need to leave now, I shouted, sensing an impending threat. We retreated just in time as the core erupted, sending waves of energy through the hive. The structure began to collapse around us, a last desperate attempt to prevent our escape. We barely made it back to the outpost. Screens around us buzzed with incoming data and communications from across the stars the infection had reached a critical point, spreading across systems, threatening countless lives. But amid the chaos, there was hope. The collaboration of diverse worlds, united against a common foe. I stood in the command centre, watching as Dr. Astrid and her team, alongside Draylin, worked tirelessly. The core samples were like pieces of a dark puzzle, each one revealing more of the infection's secrets. Our goal was clear, develop a countermeasure to stop the infection in its tracks. The core structure is complex, but we're making progress. Dr. Astrid updated me, her eyes weary. It's a delicate balance. We need a solution that targets the infection without harming the host. Draylin contributed their advanced technology and knowledge, providing insights that accelerated our research. Their presence was an illustration of what was at stake. Not just human lives, but the fate of countless species across the galaxy. As we pieced together the data, a plan began to form. A targeted bioagent, designed to disrupt the infection's ability to adapt and evolve. It was a bold strategy, one that required precision and coordination on a galactic scale. We'll need to deploy the agent in key locations, I said, studying the star maps. Each outbreak's core must be neutralized simultaneously to prevent the infection from adapting. The room was active with representatives from various worlds communicating and planning the synchronized strike. It was an illustration of what could be achieved when former boundaries and differences were set aside for a greater cause. But our optimism was short lived. An urgent communication came through a distress signal from a critical, allied world. The infection had evolved unexpectedly, creating a new, more aggressive strain. We need to act now, Draylin stated, urgency in their voice. If this strain spreads, it could be catastrophic. The final stand was upon us. The bio-agent was distributed to the allied forces, each tasked with a crucial part of the plan. The fate of the galaxy hung in the balance and there was no room for error. As the operation commenced, I watched the feeds. Across galaxies, battles raged. A coordinated dance of desperation and hope. The bio-agent was deployed. Then, slowly, reports of success began to come in. The infection was receding, the bio-agent working as intended. The relief was evident, a collective exhale across worlds. The galaxy entered a period of recovery and reflection. The command center buzzed with discussions of reconstruction and aid. The battle against the infection had ended, but its impact would resonate for years to come. I stood by the window, gazing out at the stars, contemplating the cost of our triumph. Worlds were mourning their lost, entire communities working to rebuild from the ruins. The infection had tested the fabric of interstellar society. Dr. Astrid approached, her expression showing relief and lingering concern. "'We've done it,' she said. "'The infection is contained, but the data we've gathered, there's something you need to see.' In the lab, the core samples we had retrieved were still under analysis. The screens displayed complex genetic sequences, but it was the irregular patterns that caught my eye. "'What am I looking at?' I asked. "'It's a mutation.' Dr. Astrid explained. The infection was evolving, yes, but this… This suggests something more, as if it was being guided. Had the infection been more than a rogue bioweapon? Was there an intelligence behind it, manipulating its evolution? We need to investigate this, I said, the weight of responsibility settling on me once more. If someone or something was controlling the infection, they could still be out there. The galaxy had come together to face a common enemy— But now we face the possibility of a more insidious threat. A puppeteer in the shadows, orchestrating chaos for unknown purposes. As we prepared to venture deeper into this new mystery, an urgent report came in. A distress signal from a remote research station, one that had been instrumental in studying the infection's early stages. We have to respond, I declared, a sense of discomfort gripping me. This could be the key to understanding what we're up against. We set out for the station, the uneasy peace of victory behind us. The stars that once offered promise and exploration now whispered secrets and hidden dangers. Arriving at the station, we were met with a scene of quiet horror. The crew was gone, but the equipment was still running, as if abandoned in a hurry. And on the main console, a message left for us, a string of coordinates leading into uncharted space. As I looked at the coordinates, a realization dawned on me. The battle we had fought, the infection we had faced, was just the beginning. We were being called into the darkness, towards a truth that would challenge everything we knew. The galaxy was now facing the unknown, and we, the survivors of the galactic plague, were the ones who would venture into that darkness, seeking answers, and perhaps confronting a new threat.